nerds, you're listening to an episode on the Nerdcore podcast feed. If you're feeling generous, please consider pledging to a tier on our Patreon at patreon.com slash the Nerdcore. We have tiers as low as $1 per month. Thanks so much, and enjoy the episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the Nerdcore Podcast, podcast reviews, movies, and talks, that nerd shit. This is episode 630, and it is your review of Martin Scorsese's Kunden. As always, it is the energy you're going to hear the host of the show. It's my wonderful co-host, Brad Young Yoda. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a wonderful, wonderful Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> yes. I forgot Friday afternoon. Um. Friday afternoon here, we're once again here to remind you all that it is HCAP time. So, um, yeah, I have to fuck or, fuck the schedule up. <coughs> it's not Brad this time. It's me. I'm the one. And, um, yeah, that means that we're here to do this review. Of, uh, still, it's early, live and early for our patrons. Over at patreon.com slash nerdcore at the $1 tier. You get this episode live and early so you can interact with us. And that's available early for our patrons. And um, this releases on Saturday for the public at 12. So, yeah, at least that's still going, right, Brad? Indeed. We managed to give it to them early. Um, but, yeah, Brad, um, whew, just lots uh, lots going on today, Brad. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. I'm... Uh... I'm just uh, chilling on my very, uh, my staycation. <laughs> so, um, I put uh, I repurposed a, a horse trough for a firewood holder for my fire pit outside, and then um, I got an ice crusher, so that's fun. Yeah. So I can make more alcoholic drinks. Like if you already didn't have enough, right? <laughs> now I can make more. Yeah, now you can make more. I can make tiki drinks. Jesus Christ, Brad. <laughs> um, how's it been since the last couple of days I've seen you? What you been up to with your vacation, bro? Uh, not, not too much. I'm just uh, so I, I did uh, I'm trying to clean out the garage a little bit, get rid of some of the cardboard that's in there, so I can make way for other stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I've been been dealing with that. Um. Uh, I've been watching um, the uh, what the fuck is it? Uh, Jesus Christ! I can't remember the name of it. Sam Beckett. Uh, Quantum Leap. Thank you. Like I typed it in and then it like came to me. So I've been watching the the new the new Quantum Leap. Um, Definitely not as good as the old Quantum Leap, I have to say, but uh, you know, it's 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 along the same lines, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, but that's kind of what I've been doing. Other than watching, I did watch Invincible yesterday, so ooh, that was a highlight yeah. of the day. I'm gonna watch that before I have to head to my screening tonight. Uh, I just been dealing with the doing the festival. I've been uh, just I've been doing that and um, 
I think I was it. I didn't watch anything else there. Oh yes, I went to go see the Marvels. Um, I went to go see that, and uh, I think that's it, Brad. On Monday, I did play golf with your friends with Luis. I think it was Monday, Monday or Tuesday. With my with your friends, Luis. <laughs> well, it's golf with your friends. And oh, okay. I played it with Luis. So the game's called oh. golf with your friends, and I played it with Luis. <laughs> oh, how was that? It was pretty fun. I whooped uh, his ass twice, and then he whooped my ass once on the dinosaur mini golf <laughs> part thing. Oh, so he's gonna upload that? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know. We just played it on Monday, but I. It, and what's funny is it had other game modes, so it had like hockey and basketball and all that. So I feel like we're going to go back and try that, but we're going to probably try to get more people. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just, uh, just been doing that, Brad. Uh, I went to work today and I, I might have watched the movie there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I was able to watch this film a while ago and um, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this one. This is the one that I've been wanting to watch from Martin Scorsese for a long time now. It was. It's also his only collaboration with Roger Deakins, I believe. It's the only time he ever worked with him. And uh, yeah. Did Did you um happen to read the story about uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? What about him? Uh, he's apparently refusing ever to work with Scorsese and De Niro again. Yeah, because he was getting spanked. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> from what it sounded like, um, uh, uh, Scorsese wasn't taking Leo's ideas, or, or I guess, um, I, I, I guess, uh, yeah, ideas. I'll just leave it as ideas, and I think Leo got hurt by it. Well, you know, man, I just want to say, what do you expect when you put your bet, the bet, the two best friends together, making their tenth movie together? I mean, like, and they're, like, over the age of 80. So, I mean. Yeah. Sorry, Leo, when you're, like, half their age, they're probably not going to listen to so you. So, you say he's just not going to make movies for, with them together that's, again? Yeah, that's, uh, well, I, with either of them, I think. That's not true, because um, his next movie is with, with Scorsese. Well, that might already, I don't know. That's just what I read. God damn it. Yeah, because, uh. I read that Scorsese's next film is one with Leo. Uh, unless he changed that. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's funny either way, man. I mean, so you just wasn't taking to his ideas and you felt what's got hurt by that? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> trying to see. Uh, yeah, I guess it's this one. But I don't know, like, I mean, some of these websites you can't, like, this is from Radar Online. I don't fucking know. Yeah, who the, yeah unless, know. you know how I how it is, Brad. Yeah, unless, so. what's it called, uh, Variety, Hollywood Reporter, or Deadline announces it. Um, so it says, insiders allege that DiCaprio made his fiery decision after he felt Scorsese and De Niro dissed him on set. Um, <laughs> when did he, did he say that? Uh... Until this project, Leo has always had Marty's undivided attention when they're making movies together. A source told the National Enquirer. Oh, well, there you go. Really? Yeah. But with Bob in the picture, he felt left out. Well, here he says that he, on the Entertainment Online interview, he says he's called him his father figure, his cinematic father figure. 
Uh, I and then with Radar Online, and then you have uh, who I've never heard of, and then you have the National Enquirer. Yeah, uh, I mean they they literally had Bat Boy on on that paper back in the '90s, so it's uh, yeah, it's questionable. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's questionable it's at best. Yeah. I'm sorry, well, you got DiCaprio and Scorsese in a movie that's going to make money. Mm hmm. So, um, I am, um, yeah, I think I'm ready if you are, Brett. Yeah. All right, Brett, let's do this thing. So, um, if you have not watched Kundun and you care about spoilers or you don't care about, or if you, let me do that again, guys. I'm so sorry. If you haven't watched Kundun or you care and you care about spoilers, then you should get out of here. But if you don't care about spoilers or you've already seen the film, go ahead and stay. Either way, how any of that goes, this is your one and only spoiler warning. And it is in effect in a five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> I have no idea how I could spoil this, guys. This is literally the Dalai Lama's... Uh, actually, the Dalai, La Dalai Lama, Dalai Lama's real life. Like, I don't know how I could spoil that. We're just going to say Dalai Lama and just go with it. That's how you actually pronounce it, though, Brad. Dalai, Dalai Lama. If I could say that. You don't know about the medicine, Dalai? I'm just calling him uh, Big D Lama. Big D, bro. <laughs> that Big boy, D Big Lama D. Up in there. Big D. Big D. Oh, my God. Uh, Kundun is a 1997 American uh, epic autobiography. Uh, oh, my God. Hold on. Is it epic? Is it 1990? Ah. Kundun is a 1997 American epic biographical film written by Melissa Matheson and directed by Martin Scorsese. It is based on the life and writings of Tenzin Gyatso, the 14th Dalai Lama, the exiled political and spiritual leader of Tibet, Tenzin, Ten, Tenzin Tutup Sarong, a grandnephew of the Dalai Lama, stars at the adult Dalai Lama, while Tencho Gyalpo, a niece of the Dalai Lama, appears as the Dalai Lama's mother. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Kundun, I'm not going to try to pronounce that in, uh, what's it called, or how it says in Tibetan, meaning presence, is a title which the Dalai Lama is addressed. Kundun was released only a few months after seven years in Tibet, sharing the latter's, sharing the latter's uh, location and, and his depiction of the Dalai Lama at several stages of his youth, though Kundun covers a period three times longer. It is the final film penned by Matheson where, to be released after her death in 2015, although her final project, the BFG, the big fucking giant, <laughs> that's not what we know, is the big friendly giant. It was released uh, posthumously. <laughs> Brad, it can be the big fucking giant. Oh, Road Dog's going to come down and kick your ass. <laughs> Who? <laughs> the writer. Road Dog? Yeah, well, it's a big fucking giant, bro. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's friendly, too, though. <laughs> big fucking friendly giant. Uh. <laughs> B-double-F-G. Yeah. Uh, produced by, I believe, Martin Scorsese's wife at the time, Barbara DeFina. Um, and its cinematography is done by, of course, Mr. Roger Deakins, edited by Thelma Schumacher. Uh, music is done by Philip Glass. And it was um, 
It sits at two hours and 14 minutes, and on a budget of $28 million, it made $5.7 million at the box office. Yep. I, I think you need to read the reception to kind of give give a reason uh, of why that number is that number. So, reception. Oh, wow, yeah. Because, um, yep, okay. So, the film was buried buried by Disney which limited the release in order to minimize the damage to the company's relationship with the Chinese Communist Party, resulting in less than $6 million in a limited U.S. distribution. Kundam was nominated for four Academy Awards for Best Art Direction, um, <clears throat> Best Cinematography, Best Costume Design, and Best Original Score. And also, Brad, um, um, okay, so it is available via Kino. Okay, cool. That's good. Because... Um, this is released by Touchstone. Do you remember who owns Touchstone? Who owned Touchstone? Um, is, is it a goddamn uh, Weinstein? <laughs> it's a goddamn Weinstein. It's always Weinstein. Is that why you can't find this fucking movie? Well, actually, no. You, you can actually rent it. You this can movie. find it. And now yeah, you it's can find this movie. So it used to be owned by Touch by fucking Weinstein. Yeah. And, um, and then, of course, it was sold to uh, Disney. But I was like, why can't I find a damn Blu-ray for this? Of course I know why I can't find a goddamn Blu-ray. It's why I can't find a goddamn Blu-ray for what's it called? Uh, for um, for Dogma as well. Yeah. I mean, but, they do exist. They're just very expensive. Yeah. But it says that there's one from Kino Lorber, so I want to see what's up here. If it does, I know what I'm getting next sale. Yep, it does exist. Cool. Oh, but it's only educational. Fuck you, man. Oh, my God. No, you you can't get this shit. It's out of print. <laughs> Fuck, man. I hate that the the Harvey the fucking Weinstein's and what they've done to physical media. <laughs> oh, fuck you guys. Yeah. All right, Brad. So, um, I've been waiting to watch this movie for a long time because pairing one of my favorite cinematographers of all time with one of my favorite directors of all time. And I did not know a lot about um, the life of the Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama. And um, I, I, know, I know what happened to Tibet. And I know that, like, what, what had happened in, in the event's eventual annexation. Uh, I just didn't know that the Dalai Lama was, was you know, meant to get, get the fuck up out of there. At exile. Get exiled. Yeah. yeah. And um, I have to say, I really really like this movie i felt that it flew by for me where it's like those two hours and 14 minutes really flew by for me and um i don't know man like i really like this i i like his his religious movies i like the movies that he like approaches religion and he really showcases like these figures in a way where it's like not like, like give, give an example though well i mean like last temptation of christ uh you know last temptation of christ silence uh, i don't know if you've ever seen silence yeah, he always kind of approaches these these uh, figures where it's like putting the human before the you know the spiritual part, and I thought it was really good. Um, I don't think it's perfect. I think that what's it called? Um, that first act for me was like once it starts to get itself ready to kick in, it does. Um, it does what's it called? Pick up for its steam, but um. I think there was just like, I think when he's a kid, a lot of that stuff was starting to like kind of flow over my head a little bit. And I was like, okay. I was like, all right. 
we're gonna still stick with this kid. He's a kid. Like, well, the, the I, I mean, the whole point of the Dalai 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 Lama um, is the reincarnation. Yeah, of the previous one, the previous one, and that yeah. that was just that whole first act was just showing like, oh, we found this kid, and look, he's choosing all yeah. of the elder ones or the the previous ones' stuff. So it must be him reincarnated. Yeah. So Brad, uh, what's your uh, what's your what's your initial thoughts on uh, on Kundun? Um, cinematography wise, I think <laughs> this is a beautiful movie. Like, I, I mean, it's Deacons. You can't really go wrong with that. But I think it's my least favorite Scorsese. And I, I say this because uh, it's mostly the editing. The editing just jumps around the whole time. It, it's, it never, it's never like clearly on one scene. Like you'll get like, oh, here's like not even a minute. And then it'll just cut and then cut and then another cut. And it, it gets to a point where I'm just tired and I'm just like, you, you can't just set it on one scene. And just, yeah. you know, can we not get like this one scene just to stay here? And so we can kind of process this and then it's just cut. That's that's how I felt throughout this whole movie. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's Thelma who 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 uh, who what's it called? Um, it doesn't who, it doesn't feel like I like I I didn't know this was a Scorsese movie when I when I watched it. Yeah, I didn't know until after. Um so I, I mean, I didn't even go in there thinking this was a Scorsese movie. And after watching it, I was kind of blown away. I'm like, this this doesn't feel like a Scorsese movie to me. Yeah. And um, I mean, Scorsese's you know style isn't there per se. Um, but, it uh, is. It is in the visual. In the visual. In not the, the visual, it is, but the editing. It's the oh, editing yeah. that just puts this. Like I just dislike the editing in this yeah i think it could well, that, that's the thing so much why better. i think it's not it's not perfect i think it's you know it's not perfect at all because yeah i feel like the editing does it's it doesn't feel like Thomas schumacher's type of editing where it's like very like patient you know i i, I feel like scorsese was in and because you know you had roger deacons in this so you want to use every fucking shot you can because it's probably looks beautiful and uh, I'm thinking Scorsese might have been in there being like, oh, no, I want to include that. I don't want to include yeah. that. It'd be like t having Tarantino in there and him having filmed like 10,000 hours of, of fucking footage um, and him wanting to use everything. But it, it's it's like, it's just, okay, it's just like cut, 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 cut. And I'm just like, you can slow down on that. You can like, you can you have a scene which is like, you know, three to five minutes just of dialogue in there. But um, for some reason, mm. it always just felt like, oh, this is this is a cool framing scene. And then it would just cut to like, you know, their feet or their face or just into a whole different place. Yeah, that is crazy how much they buried this movie, Brad. It released in two theaters nationwide on mm -hmm. Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah. What? One of that China market. What? Yeah. <laughs> they wanted that future China market. That's that's what that is. Because China God. probably could have banned Disney at that point. Yeah. Um excuse me. But I really liked it. I, I, I you know and um 
I think the fucking locations are great. They, they shot mostly in Morocco. Uh, and they shot at the monastery in New York. But um, I think it looks fantastic. Uh, and Deacons is just an incredible pairing with Scorsese. You look at the lighting choices he makes. Um, one of my favorite shots is when you can tell that he has like a like the blanket like over the lens. And it has like this red, like what's it called? Lace. Oh yeah, where yeah. the kids under the under the robe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah. It's just oh, freaking fantastic, man. Um, and yeah, I like, I like, I like that. I like that of the movie. And then, um, especially uh, the music. Oh, the music from Philip Glass is fantastic. Uh, I think it's it's great. Uh, one of my favorite scores from a, from a Scorsese picture. But I just couldn't tell this was a Scorsese film. And I, but I mean, like, in, in what, in, well, in, in what way, like, in, like, the very, like, patient editing that Scorsese's movies yeah, kind of have? Yeah, usually in, in the editing. You don't have these quick cuts, like, yeah. constantly throughout yeah. this film. It's, like, I agree constant. With you. Yeah. It's constant throughout. And that's just that, I, I mean, like, the story-wise and long, yeah, you can follow the story. Like, it's a well-written, like, following the life uh, of the llama, like. You know, it's yeah. a well-written story, but the the editing just puts me off of this movie. Like, I'm just, just, I just, I would never want to watch this again, just because it's just like they can't stay still in one shot. And Scorsese sometimes has those really beautiful, you know, shots of you know that's framed right and it just it holds on to that that sight. Yeah, I, I mean, you like, I don't know. It it, it just it just. It's like you couldn't stay in the same room for like three to five minutes. Yeah. I and like I wonder if um I, I don't know how you know I don't want to put words into the mouth of like somebody, right? Because I don't want to say that this is what really what happened, but like I wonder if like because this isn't Martin Scorsese's script. This is just like him just directing a script that came to him. And like I'm wondering if like if this was just how the script was. And I wonder I, what like I would I would like to know what was left out of this movie. Well, and you know, and it was Scorsese. I don't think the studio had much involvement because this is an overly long movie and it's Scorsese. So I don't think, yeah, I think the studio had everything to do with the with the distribution. <laughs> like, yeah, with the distribution yeah. for sure. I don't think they had anything to do with the movie itself. Um but I just I I don't know. It's one of those, it's like, it's a beautiful movie. Like, the story, you can follow the story, too. So, everything that I knew, like, it showed up in the movie. I learned a little bit more. But it was just horrendous in the editing. And I'm just like, why Why do you have, why did we have to quick shot to quick shot throughout the whole thing? Which, it's a long movie in itself. And I, I know you said it seemed quicker for you. But for me, because of that, it made the movie drag for me. Because it's just like, quick shot, quick shot, quick shot. I'm just like, stop just you know you can follow them you you know you can you can pull a taxi driver and have a front scene and you can leave it on them and they're coming you can you yeah. can do that <laughs> but I, I i really feel like it's probably roger deacons just filming all this beautiful stuff and scorsese being like i gotta put it in there like we paid that man a lot of money i'm gonna quick cut all this yeah <laughs> i don't know man um but like may, maybe it's just um I don't know. I like I, I like you said, Brett. I don't believe that studio had anything to do with this. Um, it would have been much shorter, in my opinion, if they did. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Here I'm, I got a I got a I got an inter, I got a what's it called a, an article here, Brad. 
With its restless and purposeful camera work and razor sharp editing by Thelma Schumacher, Kundun is a style is stylistically of a piece with Scorsese's other films. Yet, for all it has in common with Scorsese's other works, some elements set it apart. Distinctive look is thanks to Scorsese's sole collaboration with the great cinematographer Richard Deakins, took on the ambitious project as his follow-up to Fargo. It's also the only Scorsese film with with music by Philip Glass, a practicing Buddhist whose score joins the con uh, composer's trademark looping themes with traditional Tibetan instruments to strike an effect. I want to see if it says anything about the editing, though. Well, they apparently like the editing, whoever wrote that. Which, you know, some people, like, enjoy that, that cut, quick style cut, which I don't mind in, like... There were times where I think it felt awkward, though. It was just quick cutting. It's like, there was no... There's no reason. Like, why do we quick cut from them walking to their feet and then back to them walking? Like, it's like, it's kind of ridiculous in some respects. It's like, why, why did you do this? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I will say, though, there were some really interesting transition choices, though. They had some good transitions, though. I'll yeah. give them that. There were good transitions, and it wasn't the transitions I have an issue with. It was in between. <laughs> Because <laughs> it was just quick cuts, and I'm just like, just stop already! Like you don't, you can have like you can show the room with all of them sitting there, and them just sitting there and having them talk for like two minutes. You don't have to like quick cut face, quick cut face, quick cut it over there, quick cut to I, I don't know, boy with goat running around in the background. I don't fucking know. Just <laughs> you know, just you can stay in the room. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You can have the overall room. And we've seen it done. We've seen it in like Goodfellas and Casino. It's like the overall thing without the quick cut. And it's a dialogue. Yeah. Um, that is so bullshit, Brad. So after giving the film a limited Christmas day release in two theaters, the company rolled it out to 439 theaters on January 16th without much fanfare. It, you, yeah. You wonder why? Cause you fucking release it on Christmas Day, yeah, and, and then you release it in the theaters. in the month that is considered a dump. Yep, they got a tax break for this one. They put yeah. a Warner Brothers. Yeah, but um, I still really liked it, and I think that it's a great film. I just don't, I don't think it's perfect, and I think it's it's up there as some of my uh my what's it called um. Uh, as some of the ones from him that really surprised me, but I don't, I, I wouldn't say that it's like the best one that I've seen from him, but it's still up there as some of my favorite work from him because just of the way that he approached the story and what he has to say in this film. But um, yeah, Brad, um, uh, my final verdict is a uh, nine out of 10. And <laughs> I'm, I'm going much lower because I just, this movie was enjoyable to me, really, uh, do the editing. So uh, seven out of 10. Yeah. When you, when you speak of it, it sounds like you were going to give it a four, bro. No, like, like I said, like you, the cinematography, the music and the story, all that's great. But the editing, the, the fucking editing kills me. It, it's like, you could have a perfect movie if you just didn't do like quick cuts every instant in this movie. Yeah. I need to, I need to watch this, um, this, what's it called? Uh, um, this this you know, this documentary on this film maybe it has more to say, but now Eber um, did do a review. What did Eber say about this? He gave it three stars. Let me see. 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 Let me see.
Still looking. Uh, yeah. Well, when you can find it, let me know. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I want. Oh, I here, we go. here we go. Here we go. Okay. Oh. Uh, the film is made of episodes, not a plot. It is like illustrations bound into the book of a life. Most of the actors I understand are real Tibetan Buddhist, and their serenity in many scenes cast a spell. The sets, the fabrics, and floor and wall coverings, the richness of metals and colors all place them within a tabernacle of their faith. But at the end, I felt curiously unfulfilled. The thing about a faith built on reincarnation is that we are always looking only a tiny part, <laughs> only at a tiny part of it. And the destiny of an individual is froth on the wave of history. Those values are better for religion than for cinema, which hungers for story and character. I admire Kundin for being so unreservedly committed to its vision, for being willing to cut loose from audience expectations and follow its heart. I admire it for its visual elegance, and yet this is the first Scorsese film that, to be honest, I would not want to see again and again. Scorsese seems to be searching here for something that is not in his nature and never will be. During The Last Temptation of Christ, I believe Scorsese knew exactly how his character felt at all moments. During Kundin, I sense him asking himself, who is this man? Hmm. That's an interesting way to look at it. Very interesting. I think I can't say that I that I get I I get that same feeling, but I I think that he's kind of using the film to learn more about him and to like decipher more of him. But but, but I I think Ebert like I agree with Ebert. This is not a Scorsese film that I would want to watch over and over. Not like The Last Temptation of Christ. I would watch The Last Temptation of Christ over and over. Just because I think Definitely. it's that good with Brooklyn Jesus. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I guess that just concludes our review of Kundun. And of course, if you want to keep up to date with us, go ahead and visit us at the nerdcore.com, the nerdcore underscore on Twitter, Instagram at the nerdcore, patreon.com slash the nerdcore. At $1, you get this episode live and early before anybody else gets to watch it. And of course, if you want to talk to us on Discord, our link is in the description below. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure you leave a like on this video, subscribe to the channel, and click the notification bell so you don't miss a single piece of content that drops on the channel. If you're on the audio side of things, make sure that you leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice, and you follow us on the same platform that you just did that on. And we will see you all on Sunday for our review of Invincible Season 2, Episode 3. And for now, Brad, tell me about our wonderful uh, producer, Shane. You can follow our friend Shane at twitch.tv slash XSRK or on Twitter at thrifted.il or go buy something from the stuffy god at prisoncityvintage.com. Yeah. And uh, I hope, I, I know that in my review of um, of this movie on Lairbox, I put that I hope to one day see Tibet return to, you know, to be freed and to be, you know, for them to have their country back. But actually, I, I want to add something to that. I hope one day I live to see the day that every single movie that those fucking idiots named the Weinsteins ever fucking, what's it called, put away and are holding hostage get to be released. Yeah, into. give me a 4K dogma. Yeah, give me, give me, <laughs> give me this movie. Give me this movie. I'm fucking, because this, this transfer looks good. There's so many. Uh, what's well, fucking at a release? Well, they had the others, right? Because the others yeah. just got a 4K release. So, yeah. so that, that has been taken from the, taken from the Weinsteins, thankfully. Yeah. So um, all I'm saying, man, is that, you know, I hope one day I fucking hope to see these movies 
get what's it called taken from their fucking hands. So I fucking hate it, man. I hate how much these motherfuckers have control over this shit. So, Brad, get them out of here. All right, Roland, thank you being host as always. Uh, nobody joined us in chat today, but it is early. So to all those who join us in future ones, we appreciate it. Thank you to all our listeners out there, all our Patriot supporters. We appreciate each and every one of you. And, um, yeah, to end this episode, um, I don't know. I'm going to go find my bell. Mocking stick. I'm, glasses. And, Brad, do you, know. you have the patience to make those fucking sand drawings that they were doing? Hell no. Let's believe it. Every every American has ADHD, and that's just how it is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, with that, young Yoda out.